a reshift and focus on relationship and being in the right relationship with other people is going to like certainly be a way forward for us. And I think all of us know it intuitively. Hey everyone, this is Ashley Menzies Babatunde and welcome to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. We are back for part two with Wyvern Doc Oswad, pediatrician, psychiatrist, activist, and aspiring author. Let me tell you, this episode was filled with so many gems and it almost felt like church. Like I was about to scream amen. I think I did. I think I screamed amen a few times, <laughs> but he is just so wise. And I think you're going to learn a lot from this episode. So let's get to it. What a journey you've had. What a beautiful journey you've had. Hardships, joy, love, support. And I would just love to know from your perspective how you define success. Wow. Ooh, when's the last time I thought about that question? I have such a weird relationship with it because I think I'm like working hard to sort of counter a lot of the narratives given to us, like young adult self narrative of like, you know, there was such a coded way of talking about being successful in college. It was just like, you never said that you got a good grade or you never said you got an internship or whatever. It was always like, you use the phrase doing well. Oh, like, I did well on this. And like, and even as adults, it's this like, he does well for himself, which is to say he has a good paying job, right? It's such a euphemism that's like coded upper middle class talk. And I can certainly go down the whole tirade about how like social ills, but this isn't that conversation. My definition of success is like a really strange one because I just feel that like success too often is a product of Capitalism is too often a product of like some very outward facing things and very seldomly does it like really ask us to be internal and inward facing and communal. Success is this individualized story. Being a person who like comes from such a big family, I didn't came from, I, I currently come from this big family. I just feel that like success is a tribal thing. It's a communal thing. How do your people get through? How do you make sure that you and all your loved ones are good? And shout out to like Gen Xers in their mindset, making sure that their people was good, was making sure they had a lot of money to make sure that like people's daily needs are met. I'm not trying to not say that that's important. Obviously, like nothing matters if you broke. I know Kanye's canceled, but one of the best things he ever said is money isn't everything, not having it is. Yeah, if you're broke, that's the world to you, okay? So I'm not trying to discount that. And also what I'm trying to say is just like, many of us grew up being happy and poor. We might not have had much, might be eating beans for four days in a row, but you know, you still went out and played. You still felt a certain level of contentment. You still didn't feel less than because you weren't doing well. You might have felt stressed and anxious and the adults probably did more so than us kids. We weren't paying attention to stuff like that. But it really is a matter of some community stuff. So for me, success really just depends on is my community in a good space? Have I done everything that I can do to help my community be better? Am I doing my part so that other people can focus on their part so that we can all be okay. So yeah, I try to like have that definition of success. No, that's amazing. I love that. I feel like I need a different 
when I love something, I need to say something differently than I love it. Cause I feel like I'm very repetitive, but I just love what you're saying. Love is good. You can love, <laughs> we can say love. That's an all encompassing feeling in turn. Yeah, you're right. Everything you're saying as far as it being communal and how important that is, but it's something that's not emphasized in a capitalist society. And I'm not quite sure how we get there. Do you think our culture could ever change? Like, do you think, how can we raise our kids or not necessarily our kids, but just the generation coming up to think more broadly about success and to bring other people in? Because you're right, it's very individualized, is attached to American individualism culturally. And I think that's how I thought of it growing up. Like, I've got to get these grades. I've got to do X, Y, and Z. And yeah, I'll do my community service, but I'm not sure I necessarily thought of it as communal. I just love that definition. Do you have any yeah. thoughts on how we can change the culture? Because I know you're a change maker here. <laughs> well, okay. This pandemic has me really reevaluating so many things. Most of them are like, I don't know if we ever going to succeed because like this is a communal suffering that we are all going through. None of us are immune to this disease, right? It happens and it will kill you if it wants to. Not technically, if you're vaccinated, that should prevent you from dying. Please get your vaccines, people. And we really have to start thinking communally because once we finally get a handle on COVID, the globe didn't stop melting. We still have very, very, very communal threats, existential threats that are happening to us. So sort of by definition, even if you're an individualistic person, individually, you're going to lose if you do not try to think about the communal responsibility, because not one person can stop the globe from melting, right? So I think there's a little bit of necessity, but like to be a little less esoteric and be more honest, shout out to Black women, Dorica Blackman. She said this to me when I was in that time after college, but I was still working at Stanford. She said the most radical thing that you could ever do is raise a healthy Black family. And how true is it? Mm. My parents did the best that they could with the tools that they had. There were 30 with four children under four. That's stressful as shit. So my parents didn't get everything perfect. They had like interfering, competing, like baby mama, baby daddy dramas. They had sick parents. When my mom had sick parents, they were not wealthy people, but they did the best that they could with what they had. And they really did work on raising us to be healthy black children. And I'm in awe, don't tell my siblings this, but like, I respect them so much. They do so many amazing things. Again, this is not for arrogance point, but to just draw a point that like, my parents instilling these thoughts in us as young people to like be communally minded. Like I have a brother who is just has a, a successful government career, a brother who is an independent artist who's like living in downtown Los Angeles, like painting murals and getting paid by NFL and able to monetize his art in ways that support himself, but also still creating beautiful things. And my sister has had her own like radical experience of like being a person who's just like thinking that she was interested in the academia and going and pursuing that route and studying religious studies and philosophy. And then like having her own sort of awakening and realizing how much she cares about kids with disabilities. And now she's working and serving those children. But like we do things communally minded and it does start from stuff that my folks gave me. So like, I think about you, a newlywed, new wife, you asking the question about like, how do we make our society that way? It's just that like, 
when you all are raising families, just keeping them communally minded. And to be honest, the friendships, the reason I feel like I've cultivated deep friendships with people is because like my parents sort of had that expectation that like, I'm going to know your friend's friends, your friend's parents. We're going to like take it back to basics, take it back to like my old neighborhood in, in Crenshaw, where it's just like we spoke to all of the neighbors. We made sure that like we centered and valued relationship. A reshift and focus on relationship and being in the right relationship with other people is going to like certainly be a way forward for us. And I think all of us know it intuitively. We know that this pandemic, we feel isolated. So it's just getting back in community. Be you a person who believes strictly in creationism or evolution or some hybrid of the two, humans are not individual animals. We exist in community and we do better in community. It goes against God. It goes against our evolution to not be in community. I love that as well. Like I completely agree. And it does. It's like we have the chance to kind of change the narrative. And this is a really big part of our life. Like the pandemic is just so life-changing. And so I think it'll certainly inform our experiences going forward and we'll be able to pour this into our children. And I'm even thinking too, like I used to think, where am I going to live so I can have a certain career and have a certain job? Now I'm thinking, where am I going to live so I can build community with my family and we can raise our kids together the way that my parents did that? Because when you get to a point where you are now, I'm really starting, I've always had close relationships with my family members, but we haven't been in the same physical space in quite some time because of life. People moved right. away for jobs, other school, everything. We have to go away for a while. Like you're in Rhode Island right now, bless you. And so it has made me really think about creating a plan so we can all be in the same place and grow together and basically instill those values of community. I love that definition. Thank you for sharing that. I have a few more questions. One question is more so about outside of the doctor doc, the funny doc. Your social media is so hilarious. And I find it so interesting that people have had such grief and hardship, also have so much joy and laughter in their life. And you appear to be one of those people. And so I wanted to know, why are you so funny, Doc? Where does this come from? One of my brothers, who I think is the funniest person I know, he does not think I'm funny. And also one of my exes, she definitely doesn't think I'm funny. So that's that's a mess. But I'm going to just say that, like, I do feel and I do think that. So to be a little bit of a psychiatrist for two seconds, there's this concept of defense mechanisms, which is to say that when you have things that threaten the psychosocial self, you find ways to contend with that and you find ways to like emotionally heal from that right and there are immature defense mechanisms immature defense mechanisms and the sign of like psychological maturity is to use and rely on the mature defense mechanisms so those four mature defense mechanisms they are sublimation which is to say that you're able to almost just kind of like let things roll off of you their altruism, which is, of course, when you like do for others, their suppression, which is very important and different from repression, which repression is one of the immature defense mechanisms. But suppression is to say that, you know, that like something bad has happened. This is very intense. This is a lot. I'm going to quiet this down for a moment because I need to power through. But I'm going to come back to this in a week from now or two days from now. And I'm going to feel my feelings. So suppression is a very conscientious sort of in the moment 
let me like calm this down and know that I'm gonna get back to it later, okay? And then the last of the four mature defense mechanisms is humor. And it is just knowing how to find the sublime and the absurd in the situation and to really not take oneself too seriously such that something bad that happens is just like the end all be all, right? I think there's so much about like having joy. The old school church tells you like, joy the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away and let me tell you how many times i'll find myself shouting the world didn't give it the world can't take it away you know yes. just be like very much so grateful that like my joy comes from far beyond and it is an eternal source that can never run dry is what joy really is it transcends happiness it is like a deep abiding in just like fullness of knowledge of life and knowledge of God and love of God. Don't let me preach. Amen. Um, I was about to say, (laughs) we're actually going to church today. So with that, like humor is like one of those things that's like birthed out of joy. And it is just like, I recognize that this is a hot mess express. You know, I had a patient come in the other day and the curveball she was throwing at me. I was just like, sis, I can't catch them all. I can't. Like, you just got too much going on in your life. We laughed about it, just recognizing that I am going to catch them all. You know, we're here where you're throwing them and I got my catcher's mitt on and we're just not going to let all the craziness bring us down. I rely a lot on humor as my most vocal of my defense mechanisms. Quietly, I suppress quite a bit and quietly out loud. I'm an altruistic person. I know that I really degaff. So I supplement a lot. People come to me with their anxieties. I'm like, what are you tripping about? Just chill out. It is a bit of an intentional practice around the mature defense mechanisms. And it was a practice so much to the point that it's not a practice anymore. I just do it. So I think that's where the humor comes from. Well, that was a very impressive response to a question that uh, <laughs> I didn't expect that response. So thank you. And for just like that lesson, I want to certainly do a little bit more research after this. Mnemonic is SASH, if you want to look into it. Okay. S-A-S-H. Okay, definitely. Because that's been my favorite pastime lately is just really looking into like psychiatry and psychology and how humans think and work. I feel like it's just very helpful as being an attorney and just to be a better human. So mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. I always randomly joke saying I should have been a psychologist. And my husband's like, well, you're an attorney. So yes, there's that. So there's that. There's that. So me and one of my co-residents have a habit of like sending each other 10, 20 texts about like, you know, what if we were scuba divers? What if we were school bus drivers? You know, it's like new careers that do not involve us being doctors because sometimes being a doctor is trash. I'm so glad you shared that because that's actually very validating for me. So thank Uh you. And I don't think people think that like people still, all of us, and I'm using successful in quotes, who have perhaps made it to the career that we wanted to make it in and are doing well, as you said previously, we still think about other things that we might want to do. We have so many talents and so many desires. So that's good to know. We can take multitudes. Yeah, 100%. Not going to even hold you. Like before we got on this call today, I am currently, and when I get off, I'm going to keep writing a short story that is due at 9 p.m. tonight that has nothing to do with being a doctor and everything to do with being a full human. That's great. So my final thing is just really final thoughts from you. Anything that you wanted to share that we didn't touch on, anything you want to express to the youth, anything you want to express to the elders, to the millennials, anything you want to preach. 
<laughs> you can't tell an alpha to the youth without us going to spout into a whole diatribe of youth who march onward and upwards. Okay, but regardless, I'll leave that alone and say, I'm grateful that you and I were able to take this time to kind of talk about these things. And I just hope that people get into a space where we can normalize the hardships that we have and maybe even get to a point where we don't conceive of them as hardships, like failures are not definitive. And in some ways, failures are false because at the end of the day, there is no coulda, shoulda, woulda, or specifically, there's no have to. My parents used to tell us when we were kids, and I think every Black person can relate, they've heard this once in their life, the only two things you have to do in life are be Black and die. That being the case, you don't have to go to grad school. You don't have to get that job. You don't have to do those things, right? These are not requirements to live. There is no requisite that said that these things are things you have to do, right? So if you're doing them, it's because you feel that like this is a way that I'm living in my values and I'm aligning in my truth. And these are the things that the world told me that are the metrics that I have to get through to get to that next space. And it's like, okay, fine. But like recognize that for what it is, okay? Do not associate your self-worth and your self-value with what societal constructs have placed on you. The only things you have to do is live an abundant life. You know, John 1010, which I sign in all of my emails very quietly. No one will notice unless they pay attention to it. But John 1010, you know, the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. Life came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the only have to you have in this life is to live an abundant life. So I just implore everyone to just sort of divest yourself of these ideas of there's one way of being. There's 7 billion of us on this planet. Therefore, there are 7 billion ways of being. And just try your best to live the most abundant life you can. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share this episode with friends and family. And if you like what you hear, please go on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to rate the show. It helps other listeners find No Straight Path. Let's spread the message, everyone, and make sure that millennials feel less alone. There's no straight path in your career and life, and that's okay. It's honestly what makes the journey exciting. So let's get inspired together. I hope you have a great week.